0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. God is good, amen? We're going over in every single area. God is faithful to us, amen? Amen. Praise God! I tell you, complacency is our enemy. You realize that, right? Complacency is our enemy. Jesus was even tempted to grow weary, but you got to you got to resist that. You got to stand against that, getting tired and getting complacent, getting comfortable. Oh, getting comfortable—that's a big one. Never want to get comfortable, Amen. God's got more. We've we've only scratched the surface of what He has for us, of what He wants to do, of who He is. Just scratch the surface and. If we'll keep on scratching, he'll keep on showing. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Everybody still love me this morning or this evening? Not angry at me for saying you're not special. Oh, good. You're special. All right. My wife's special. My kids are special. I've got to keep them happy. Jimmy's special because I'm afraid of Jimmy, so I'm gonna say he's special. The rest of y'all are not special. Now. Praise God. Hallelujah. You might be wondering why Pastor's sitting here tonight. He's a little backslidden, but we're lifting him up. And uh, he had surgery this past Monday and uh, had a hernia repair uh, done, and uh, so he's on the mend, on on recovering well. And so, but he's still sitting, just kind of taking it easy. But he's going to stay with us tonight in service and not be listening from the back. He's coming out or staying out here with us. Amen. Praise you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight, Lord, the opportunity we have to come together. We love you. We honor you. Give you all the thanks and praise for your goodness. All that you're going to say and do tonight, Father, we thank you for it. In Jesus' wonderful name, everybody said, Amen, 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 amen. So I'm not going to talk for a long time. I know you probably don't believe that, but I'm intending I'm not to do that. Uh, some things I want to do at the end of service, but um, it's my intention. Thanks, Mike. It's my intention to uh, not speak a long time. Go over to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Just a few things I want to um, bring to our attention tonight. 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter, uh, some verses that we know well, uh, but we want to look at them again and and, uh, refresh ourselves and what the Bible's got to say. I tell you, that's always our source of information, no matter what the situation, what does the Bible say? What is God speaking to us about? What's He telling us? I tell you, if we'll consult Him, He always has something to say. In uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, in the 11th verse, it says, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Verse 12, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many enemies. I love this scripture. Fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life. And it's a scripture I know we know People love that scripture. They love the idea of the good fight of faith. It's good because we know that we win, right? You've heard that said, it's a good fight because we know that we win. Aren't you glad to know that we win? No matter what it looks like, it's comforting to know we win. Amen? Whatever your situation is, you know we win in Jesus. But what about the fight part? What about the, the, the fight part? People aren't as excited about the fight part, but it says here, Paul said there's a good fight of faith. It's good because we win, but it's still a fight. You know, I just want to uh, uh, remind us of a few things tonight. You know, we're in a little bit of a battle right now uh, over some things. And and in our personal lives, there are things I'm sure many of us are believing for, things, that know, Amy and I we're believing for, our family, things, you know, you're standing for, things you're believing for. Well, it's a good fight of faith. It's good in the fact that we know that Jesus has overcome uh, death, hell, and the grave. The victory is complete. It's done. He didn't win a half battle. He won a whole battle he didn 't leave a semi powerful devil he 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 left a defeated devil. The Bible says he made a show of him openly, triumphing over him in it I think one trans said sent him uh, dancing naked in the streets. I mean, just to give it some context there the the that the Lord Jesus completely humiliated the enemy, completely humiliated completely. Uh, defeated him and all of his, his cohorts, and all the work is done. But there is still a fight that's involved, and still a fight that we've got to be aware of, and uh, a fight that we've got to be a part of, and something we've got to be intentional about. Um, in Second Second Timothy, the second chapter, you can swing on over there. You're in First Timothy. Go to Second Timothy. Second Timothy, chapter two, in the third verse. As Paul writing again to Timothy, he says, "You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself in the affairs of this life that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. Of course, Paul used this analogy of, of being a soldier. One thing they understood during this time was soldiers and athletics, you know you know military and athletics." Those examples he used throughout the Bible often about competing in, you know, you run in a race, competing in a a race, competing to win, running to win. He compared oftentimes to, to the military, to soldiers. And here he said, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We are good soldiers. I said, we're good soldiers, aren't we? And we've been called as soldiers. One of their primary functions is to fight. And we have to know that it's our job to fight. We've been called to fight. It's part of why we're here is to fight a good fight. And, um, you know, like I said, these are some things that we know, but a lot of times it's easy to, to get complacent. It's easy to grow uh, tired. It's easy to sit back and hope somebody else will do some fighting, but you know, we have an adversary against us and it's a, he's a constant adversary. And so we've got to be in the battle all the time. So we've got to be in the battle all the time. Go over to first Peter, the uh, fifth chapter. We want to look at, we're not glorifying the enemy, but we want to look at him to see who he is and. And uh, what Peter said here about him, First Peter, the fifth chapter, I always like starting in the end of verse five, it says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm going to be on the humble end. I don't want God resisting me. I want God giving grace to me. What does it mean? Relying on him, uh, submitting to him, not my will, but his will be done right. I'm going to be humble in the sight of God, in the, in the hand of God. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. Casting all of your care upon him. How many know one of the biggest distractions to fighting is cares? One of the biggest distractions to being in the battle is being weighed down with other things. Notice Timothy, in in the prior verse we, we read, says that no one engaged in warfare entangles themselves in the affairs of life. Now, obviously, there are some things that we've got to be involved in. We have to work. We've got families to raise, things we've got to do. But there's a difference in being involved in those things, good things, godly things, and being entangled in cares, That word uh, cares there is actually the Greek word merimna. If I said that correctly, it's the same Greek word that was used in cares in Luke twenty one, the thirty first thirty fourth verse, talking about the importance of watching, being watchful, not being entangled in the cares of this life, so that when Jesus returns, when the Master returns, we're ready. How many know cares can keep us from being ready? Cares can keep us from being watchful. It's also the same word, Greek word, that was uh, uh, used in Mark 4 when it talks about the parable of the sower, that the, the cares of this life choke out the word of God, causing it to be unfruitful. Cares are something that we've got to be careful about. And the scripture says to cast those cares upon him, for he cares for you. I like the Amplified Bible. It says all your anxiety, all of your worries, all of your concerns once and for all on him, For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. You know, a lot of times people think, well, you know, if I don't care about it, who's going to care? We cast our cares upon the Lord. He will take care of it. He will be looking after those things. He can't carry them if we hold on to them. So we've got to cast our cares upon him. Verse 8 says, be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, walks around as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the sufferings or the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. The Amplified says be balanced, temperate, sober of mind. Be well balanced. That means we're not looking for devils everywhere, but we know that we do have a devil. We do have an adversary, but not everything is is adversarial, right? He said be well balanced, temperate. Sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times for that enemy of yours, the devil roams around like a roaring lion in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. And so we know that we're in a fight and we have an adversary. We have to be aware of the fact that there's a devil out there and he opposes us. Of course, always keep in mind and be on the fact that he's defeated, he's done, but there's still a fight involved. And he still has a right to do things and a right to move. And he's still trying to influence the course of this world. He's still trying to influence the course of what's going on around us. He's still trying to keep what God has promised you from you. You know, one of the, some of the attributes of an adversary is they're deceived. Our adversary is deceived. Do you realize the enemy actually believes he can win this fight? He believes there's a hope. He believes that it's one in a million, but you're saying, I still got a chance, right? I mean, I, I still got a chance. I, he, he believes he's got a chance. He is brazen. It means he is, he is out there. He is bold. He doesn't care what it looks like. Our adversary is brazen. He's not, he's not politically correct. He's not, he doesn't care about our emotions. He doesn't care about whether things are convenient or not. He's persistent. That's one of his best attributes, one of his, his most honorable attributes. He's persistent. The devil's persistent, right? He knows his rights. He knows he's got a right to be here, to operate here. And he knows what God has said about how it's going to end. But like I said, he believes he's going he's to win this in the end. He believes he can still turn this around and win this. And so our adversary is the enemy. It's not God, or Not uh, it's not it's other things. It's the enemy. And, uh, you know, people aren't our problem. I know one thing It's important that we keep a mind on and be aware of is that people are not our problem. I know right now it it can sure seem like people are our problem and people are the things that that are causing us grief, but that's not the case. People are not our issue. We've got to keep our attention in the right place. Keep our attention where it needs to be. People are not our problem. In Ephesians, the sixth chapter, you can look at that. Ephesians chapter six, it says, uh, let me get there. In the sixth chapter, verse 10. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, against but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts in wicked, wicked wickedness in heavenly places. Goes on to say, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. But it says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, mights, dominions, these things. That's what we wrestle against. And, you know, anytime we are fighting the good fight of faith and, and standing our ground for what God has said to us, it's important to not let other people distract us and get our attention off of who we're actually resisting. People are not our problem. People are not your problem. People are not our problem. That's not who we're up against. We have an adversary we have to, we have that we are in a battle against. Flesh and blood is not, against, is not our problem, and it's, it's a tactic of the enemy to get our attention diverted as to who's actually opposing us. It's a tactic of the enemy to get our attention diverted of where our, our, our trouble is coming from, where our, ad, our opposition is coming from. It's not people. I tell you, right now, more than any other time, it's important that we know, no matter what's going on, people are not the issue. It's the, it's the forces that are influencing people and driving people and compelling people to do things. If we try to fight people, we'll never be able to fight the source of the problem and ultimately not have the victory, right? People are not our problem. People are not our problem. The church cannot make an issue where it's not the issue. People are our mission field. They're not our problem. That it doesn't mean we don't, we don't stand against things and we don't stand up for what's right, but we make sure that we cannot Get our focus off of who our opposition is. Amen. And I'll just say this too as a side I thought, you know, we've not been called to be liked. We've called to be salt and light. People are not our problem, but also their approval is not our goal. People are not our problem, but their approval are not our, our goal. We want to be likable, but we don't want to lose our flavor. Go over to uh, John chapter 15. I want you to, to look at this. We need to keep this in mind. In John, the 15th chapter, this was Jesus speaking here, and he's, he's, he's telling us things, and we know if he said it, we know it's true. In the 18th verse, he said, if, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If, you're of the, if you were of the world, the world would love its own, yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you a servant is not greater than his master if they persecuted me they will also persecute you if they kept my word they if they kept my word they will keep your yours also but notice that if they if they hate you know that they hated me first he said and if they persecuted me they're going to persecute you let's not take this stuff personally i said let's not take this stuff personally that's going on right now it'll hinder our faith taking it personally We're in a fight. We're in a fight in many different areas, but people are not our problem, and it's so important that we not get our attention off on the wrong things, and one of the ways we do that is making sure we're feeding on the right thing. We're looking at the right things. Our attention is where it needs to be. We know faith comes by hearing the Word, and we know faith can be strengthened by God's Word, but we also know that our faith can be uh, uh, weakened, for for lack of a better way of saying it, by getting our attention on the wrong place. Looking at things we ought not be looking at, keeping our attention places where it ought not be. We need to be careful what we're feeding on that could hinder our faith. Fear and faith can't dwell at the same time, can't, can't occupy ourselves or occupy the same house. You know, I was reminded today of the story of Smith Wigglesworth and Lester Summerall. I'm sure many of you have heard this before, but Lester Summerall, who, know who knows who he was? He was a well-known minister. I believe he's gone home to be with the Lord now. Uh, but Lester Summerall was young in ministry, and he was... Uh, 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 over and overseas where, where with, Lester, with Smith Wigglesworth. And so Smith Wigglesworth came up to him and said, hey, I want you to come by the house. I want to talk to you. And of course, he was uh, excited and a little fearful at the same time. You know, why am I going over to Smith Wigglesworth house? So he got himself all uh, all good looking, you know, and, and, and got himself looking all official, you know, like he ought to be there. And he said he walked over to his house, had a, pa- a newspaper underneath his arm and and uh, went up and rang the doorbell, knocked on the door, whatever it was. And, and uh, Smith Wigglesworth opened the door. And Smith Wigglesworth said, what's that under your arm? What is that under your arm? He said, it's the newspaper. He said, dear God, don't bring that in here. And made him leave it outside. Now, I'm not opposed to, to, to I'm saying definitely not saying we shouldn't uh, have newspapers and have these things going on. But it's important that we not let what is being said around us get our attention off of what's really going on, what's really happening These things that are happening, that are going on, are not because of people and their crazy ideas. It's the God of this world that's trying to influence things, and we can be so consumed with other things that our attention isn't where it needs to be. I'm telling you, don't let the news and all these other things distract you from what's going on. Listen, if you're getting riled up in the natural about stuff, it's hard to be believing God at the same time. We cannot like things, but we ought, we shouldn't be just riled up about it. Amen. Go over to Joshua the 1st chapter, Joshua chapter 1. That's a good word, Pastor Greg. Thank you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Joshua the 1st chapter. Now make sure we're looking at the right things. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says, "This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth." So well, you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all or do according to all that which is written, that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Let's not let the news sources be our primary source of information. Let's make sure we're keeping God's word number one. Amen? Keep God's word in front of us. Go for me to Hebrews, the 10th chapter. Like I said, just a few things. I want to take a long time tonight, but I want to re- remind us of some things. Hebrews, the 10th chapter. If the enemy can keep the church distracted, he can continue to do things that he wants to do. Because the only preserving force in the earth is the church. Government is not our answer. Social programs are not our answer. The answer is the gospel. Amen. And as the church, we need to be gospel first and other things second. Amen. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 10 and the 35th verse. It says, Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. Notice, don't cast away your confidence. The Amplified says, Fling away. The New Living says, Throw away. The Weast Translation says, Cast from your confident hope. The, The Living Bible says, Don't let this happy trust in the Lord die away the message. So don't throw it all away. Now you're sure of yourselves. Then it's still a sure thing. I love that. The Bible in basic English says, do not give up your hope, which will be greatly rewarded. How many know we've got to endure? There's got to be a fight in us, but not just a weak uh, fight, a a small fight, a short fight, but a long term fight. As long as it takes, there's got to be a fight in us. You know, I've been shocked in, in the last few weeks just to see how many people are ready to throw in the towel over things and not to fight. It's easier to quit than it is to fight. He said it's easier to quit than it is to fight. It's easier to throw in the towel than it is to stay diligent and do our part. But he said, don't cast aside your confidence, which has great reward. He went on to say, he said, for you have need of endurance. So after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promise. I'm just going to keep reading and it goes on to say, um, uh, for yet, uh, for yet a little while and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him, but we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. We're not those who draw back. Amen. We're going to keep pushing forward. Any battle, can be and likely will be tiring, but we've got to endure. You know, I know there are things that all of us believe in God for, and we would like to see things happen a lot quicker than they do, right? We would like to see things just happen immediately, but that's not the way it always works. We have an adversary. We've got to remember we have an adversary. It's not Joan down the street. We have an adversary who's keeping these things from us and resisting us, and we've got to stay in the fight, I said, we've got to stay in the fight. Feeding on God's word, his promises will strengthen you, help you with endurance. There in uh, Joshua, he said, this book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you will meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all, to do according to all that's written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. For I have have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. Notice, be strong and of good courage is tied to us being in the Word. It's tied to us being in the Word, connected to the Word, feeding on the Word, making sure it's not departing from our mouth, but meditating in it day and night. It's a part of that. Refuse to let any thought to the contrary into our life. It's an important thing. We've got to resist other suggestions of what could happen. Go over to Romans chapter 4. Romans, the fourth chapter. One of the accounts here giving uh, uh, talking about Abraham, we read this a couple weeks ago that uh, speaking of Abraham it says verse eighteen who who contrary to hope in hope believed so he may become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall your seed be verse nineteen, and not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old. Or the deadness of Sarah's when we did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Being strong in faith, standing our ground is directly tied to what we're considering. I got one amen in the room tonight. What we're considering is directly tied to being strong in faith. You know, when Amy and I, when we bought the house we're in right now, this was, it was right in the middle of the, the downturn we had uh, back in 2008. It was right in the middle of the downturn. I've told this story before. The Lord told us to buy this house, and it was a stretch for us, and it was something that we had to do immediately. It wasn't something that we could wait on, it's something we had to do right now. So we made a, made a phone call. To, we, well, we tapped out our line of credit, all the equity on our house, called my parents, called Amy's parents. We need some cash. We've got to pay cash for this house. So we bought the house. How I many know that's not the best idea? To buy two houses at the same time, use all of your equity and other people's money. If it's your own money, it's one thing, use other people's money. That's not something you want to do, you know. I love my parents, but I don't want them sending, you know, the mob after me. I want to make sure that I pay them back, you know. And so when we did this at the time we did it, it was right in the middle when things were, the economy was falling. The economy was, things were, all housing prices were dropping. Things were going down. So we had to fix up our house, get it ready to sell so we could sell it and pay everybody back and do the things we needed to do. Can I tell you, there was a lot of pressure on us. But I knew the Lord. and well, My mom said, mm-hmm, because she wanted that money back. Yeah, there was pressure. There was a lot of pressure that was there. And we had people telling us, oh, you've made a mistake. You guys have gotten into trouble. We had to be very careful what we were focusing on. We had to be very careful. The tendency would be to go out and check what, how, what, what, the, what the market value is, what, what the housing prices are. We knew what we needed. But how I many know there was a temptation there to go out and try to figure out, see what it looks like. Get an idea of what's going on. Because why? There's a tendency. I, wanna, I want something to lay hold of that can encourage me. You got to be careful doing that and going after things and considering things. Because we knew God had told us to buy this thing. And we just could not afford to do that. We could not afford to, to get into the what-if realm. We couldn't get it, afford to get into the, to the what's going to happen. Is this going to work? What, what are other houses selling for? In fact, when we ended up selling it, we sold it for more than what other houses were being sold that were newer than ours, better than ours. God just sent the right person our way, and it was exactly what we needed. But we had to believe God, we had to fight this fight, we had to stand our ground, had to make sure we weren't considering defeat or failure or anything else, no matter what it looked like, God told us to buy it, had to know from the beginning it was the Lord and it was, and he, he told us to get this thing, and so God will take care of us. What we consider is so important. That word consider is, a Greek, is another Greek word, I can't pronounce it, but it means to perceive, to remark, to observe, to understand, to consider attentively or fix one's eyes or mind upon it. I know there are some things we can't, we can't uh, uh, help from seeing. I'm sure Abraham realized he was still old. I'm sure at no point did Abraham think, oh, I'm a young chicken. I'm a spring chicken now. You know, no, I'm sure he knew he was still 100 years old, that was still aware, but he wasn't fixing his attention on that. He wasn't considering deeply. He wasn't looking into it. We've got to make sure we're not considering the right thing never or the wrong thing. Never allow the enemy to draw you into, into the mental realm when you're standing for something. Never allow the enemy to draw you into the mental realm when you're standing for something. That is huge, and that's part of the fight of faith is fighting off those other things. We've got to stay our ground because if the enemy can get us in the mental realm, he'll whip us every single time because the reality is some things don't make sense. But that's why we serve a good God that does things above and beyond what makes sense. He's a supernatural God Amen, but we can't get supernatural results and believe for the supernatural results when we are looking at the wrong thing. So make sure that we are refusing any thought to the contrary. Remember, we talked a few weeks ago that faith is a choice. We got to remember to choose what to believe and stay in faith. But then also, speak life over things, speak life over situations, continue to speak the truth over situations. You know, I want to I want to remind us that we've got to stay in a fight tonight. I want to spend some more time praying about our country. Um, I know many of us have been doing this. Amy and I've spent a lot of time on our own. Pastor Pastor Andrew has spent a lot of time. Many of you have been spending a lot of time. Uh, but you know, we're at a time where we need to continue to stand our ground and not give in, not 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 relinquish our position of faith, but continue to stand for what God has said and for stand for righteousness and truth. Stand for the will of God to be done. I mean, if we're not going to do it, nobody is going to do it bus up, but us. We understand some things about faith and authority, and we've got to stand our ground. The idea of throwing in the towel should never be ours, and we just can't do it. We've got to f- continue to believe God. Go over to Luke, the, uh, the 12th chapter. Like I said, we understand some things about authority, understand things about faith. But what good are those things if we don't use them? What good are those things if we don't stand our ground? What, are, what good are those things if we don't get in the battle with those things? I believe this is our time. This is the church's time. This is our time. And it's important that we rise up and actually take our place and not be tempted to just lay back and just let things go. A que Sarah kind of approach is not going to work. You know, the enemy's not just going to lay over, roll over, and quit because we've said this is what it's going to be. We've got to stand our ground, right? Remember, he is, he is persistent. This is in Luke, the uh, 12th chapter, verse 42. It says, The Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward whom the master will make ruler over his household to give them their portions of food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Verse forty four. Truly, I say to you that he'll make him ruler over all that he has. But if that servant says in his heart, "My master is delaying his coming," and begins to beat his male and female servants, and to eat and to drink and to be drunk, and the master and, and to be drunk, and the servant or the master of the servant will come on a day when he's not looking for him, in an hour when he's not aware, and will cut him in, in two and appoint his portions to the unbelievers. And that servant who who knew his master's will. And did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. For he, he who did not know, but he who did not know yet committed uh, the things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. This is what I want to look at. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required. And for whom, to whom much is committed of him, uh, they will be asked the more. To whom much is given, much will be required. We've learned a lot of things. I don't realize that much of the church, many in the church don't understand some of the things that we know, haven't seen some of these things, but we've seen these things. And so God requires us to use that. He's expecting us to use that. He needs us to do that. This is not the time to be complacent. This is not the time to, to, to be tired. This is not the time to throw in the towel. This is the time to take our position and to put into practice all of those things that that we've been taught all these years, you know I was talking to my neighbor and he's a believer, and we were talking about some things and he you know he, he, you know i I'm I not not criticizing anybody, but this is what a lot of people believe well, if it 's the will of God it's it, just trust God'll make it happen that's not the way this works I said that 's not the way this works. you know pastor last week talked about the prayer supplication. The prayer of supplication is not a one time thing. I know he said it's not a one time thing, but it's persistent. It's a fight. There's from pushing through that's gotta be done. There is there's some, there's some, there's some laying down of some things and picking up of some others that have gotta be done if we're gonna be successful. The Lord has entrusted these things to us, but we, we have to make sure we do what we've been called to do. I want to spend some tonight time tonight praying like we've been doing. We, I know we had a, a prayer before uh, church tonight, prayer for the nation, but I know many of us couldn't be there. I couldn't be there. I don't know who all came, but, um, you know, it's important that we do this. And it's so also remember that we're, we're, we're praying in faith, not praying in fear over these things. We've got to make sure we have, our, have our, our attention where it needs to be. And, uh, you know, I told you last week the Lord has told me not to be looking at the news. I'm not looking at it at all. Um, and I, you know, I hear some things here and there. The Lord didn't tell Amy not to look at it, so she fills me in on some things every now and then. But, uh, or maybe He did and She's not obeying. I don't know. But um, that's between her and the Lord. But I've had to tell her a few times. That I don't, you know, that's good. I don't need to hear anything else. I just don't need to hear it. You say, "Are you that weak, Pastor Greg?" No, I just, I just know me. If the Lord told me not to, then I obviously don't need to be listening to it. Whether it's uh, a new source or Amy's source, you know, I'm going to try to, uh, hey, you know, that's all I can take right now, and so I'm, I'm not listening to it. No, she's doing fine. She's doing what the Lord told her to do. She spent a lot of time praying as well about it. Um, but we need to make sure that we're, we're praying from a position of faith and not being distracted by other things that are going on, not letting what it looks like affect us. Our God is the God that does things where there is no way. He makes a way where there is no way. He's the one that causes these things to happen when we do our part. Remember in James, the fervent, effective prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. I keep going back to that. I keep going back to if we pray according to his will, if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the things that we have asked of him. We are believing and standing for honesty, honesty, we're believing and standing for the right thing to be done. Amen. For truth to prevail. That's what we're believing God for. But we've got to stand our ground. I'm telling you, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We've not prayed out. Everything needs to be prayed out. We need to stand our ground are to continue to fight the good fight of faith. Let's not let fatigue cause us to miss the mark. Amen. I know Pastor had a few things he wanted to say, and, and uh, I told him I wanted to pray tonight at the end of service. And he said that's fine. But um, I know he had a few things he wanted to say. You know, it's so it's so helpful when we get to do this together. When we're praying alone, not about you, but I've had some tough times. I say tough, just la- labor intensive, praying by myself. It, but when we're together, when we're we're all connected in in unified prayer, corporate prayer, we can get a lot done quickly. And so it's important that we do that.